0: Hi. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Hot Seat Podcast. I am your host, Scott Henderson, a.k.a. Scotty Hendo on the interwebs, and today's show is entitled Non-Tech Jobs in Tech. Gone are the days where only engineering degrees allowed one to succeed in the tech sector. Today, for a product to be successful, it takes a village of workers with a myriad of talents to launch and sell and manage that product. Roles range from operations, sales, marketing customer success, user experience design, product management, human resources, and community management, and a lot of other things. So no matter what your interests and skills are, there's most likely a niche for you in the tech scene. The, through this uh, roundtable conversation and a bunch of speed mentoring that's going to happen off-air, uh, we're going to learn about these non-tech superstars from companies like Panasonic Automotive, Emerson, Sidekick, Keysight, and more. So. Whether well, this is you, uh, whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time fan of our podcast, let me explain how the show is going to work since we're doing things a little bit differently, given the format. We're recording this during the Tech Square Job Fair Spring 2018 series as part of the March 13th Mentor Circle. All of this is made possible by our partners at ATDC and Choose ATL, and we've assembled nine mentors to interact with job seekers to find out what it's really like in the job, uh, the various jobs that are non-tech. So. I'll start by putting each mentor in the hot seat to answer a single question. Uh, Then we'll turn to the burning questions our job seekers have submitted for the round table to wrestle with. Let's wrestle the question, not each other. So please be, I (laughs) see there's a live audience and they realize it's bad comedy. Uh, After about 30 minutes of all that, we'll wrap up the recording and move on to the off the record speed mentoring for our live audience and mentors. So I'm excited to have uh, people from a range of companies from corporate giants to startups. So I'm gonna introduce each of them as part of the hot seat round here. And uh, with that, let's get started with Melissa Griffin from Keysight Technologies. And my question for each of you is, uh, what advice would you give your younger self? Uh, but before you do that, as, as you start, just let us know kind of what roles, what roles have you played and do you play in your career so far? And then answer the question, your advice to your younger self.
1: OK, so um, I was a actually a software developer um, until about a month and a half ago. So now I have switched into a non-tech role in tech. Um, and now I'm a product owner, which is the agile scrum term for strategic planner or product manager. Um, So the best advice I can give is, or what I would have given myself before, is um, to not be intimidated when going into a job at a tech company, Um, especially uh, if you have good communication skills and definitely work on those. That is something that is very lacking in the tech community, Um, and so having that confidence and ability to communicate is um, something that will let you go pretty far. Great.
0: Well, uh, right next to you is Sachi Ozoki from Panasonic Automotive. So what roles have you played and what advice would you give your younger self?
2: So currently I, um, I'm at the tech company and also I, am a te- I have a tech position. <laughs> I'm a mechanical engineer and I've been doing this for past 12, 13 years. And, but I do work with a lot of non-tech um, uh, Uh, People so I felt like you know, maybe I could share from that standpoint, but also um, With my first job out of college was actually a translator at a video game company so it was kind of interesting to you know come with a Engineering degree into something non-tech and then kind of coming back. So um, uh, that's what I do and uh, uh, Advice that I would give to my younger self is to be open-minded and not just decide, you know, just because the job description might say this, doesn't mean that I have to have that, like, you know, same kind of background that I might think that is. Like, let's say, you know, if I wanted to be a rocket scientist, you know, my initial thought is, oh, I have to have aerospace engineering uh, degree. But reality was that, you know, you didn't really have to. So I have to to be really open-minded. And then, you know, search and seek uh, different informations.
0: Excellent. All right. Next to you is Daniel Roberts from Friendly Human. Daniel, uh, what roles have you played over the years, and uh, what advice would you give your
3: younger self? I've never had a real job. Um, (laughs) So I founded a couple companies. So uh, one's uh, Friendly Human. Uh, We're a video production and media company. Uh, We work with uh, national and international brands to do. We just did a commercial for Domino's and Coke, for example. And then we also do our own original content. And... uh, my advice for my younger self would be some advice i got from my mom was nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care mm. and i think growing up um, i was kind of always a nerd and uh and it was always about like what i knew and stuff and you know at the end of the day like it's really about caring about other people and helping them as much as possible and you'll be successful along the way awesome well
0: uh skipping the mic uh, over to andy because uh, i'm otherwise i'll forget everyone louise as i said the uh, order of introductions was randomly assigned by me, and you guys randomly assigned your chairs. So, well, getting used to your your microphone So there's Andy Campus on with Sidekick. Uh, what roles have you played, and uh, what advice would you give your younger self?
4: Oh uh, yeah. So um, I currently work in business development or sales at Sidekick, which is a tech startup. And the advice I give, I will give to my younger self. I went into entrepreneurship after I graduated from college. I Started uh, an app with some college classmates, and then I started a small business. And the advice I will give to to myself is to uh, develop self-awareness. So you know if you actually are the right person or the best person to be building what you're building. Then do your research so you can find the best connections to help you get to the next level. And then create a safety net in case you fail. I failed a couple of times and I didn't have a safety net. So I had to build myself from zero to where I am right now. So that's my advice.
0: Back to Luis. Luis uh, Wasileski with uh, Civil 8. So what roles have you played over the years and what uh, what advice would you give your younger self?
5: So I did start in engineering, but I then moved into uh, product management and then marketing and then business development, consulting, Sales, and now I'm CEO. So uh, both a a technology background, but most of my career has been business roles.
0: So what advice would you give your younger self then?
5: Be willing to take on the really nasty, horrible assignments that nobody else wants. Nobody told me that till I was 30 or more. And I turned down (laughs) some things that I realized in retrospect would have been good career opportunities because they were working with really awkward customers. And here's the thing, if you take on a tough assignment, nobody expects you to succeed or do an outstanding job. Just surviving a tough assignment gets you credit. If you take on something easier, well, anybody could have done that. You have more opportunity to shine doing something hard.
0: Great. All right. Over to Ksenia. Ksenia is Shel Wow. From Siemens. Should have had much. I butchered it in the uh, pre, <laughs> pre-record. Wow. So, uh, so what roles have you played? Uh, and what advice would you give your younger self?
6: Thank you. Well done with the name. It's a hard one to pronounce. I don't have any technical background. My closest connection to engineering is my dad. So I've been socialized with engineers my entire life. But that was the closest I've come till joining Siemens. And Siemens is this 170 year old startup from Germany. So we're not as agile as, as a company um, based on the Years in the market that being said there are smaller groups like my group. We work with transportation and we're focusing on digital services for it It was sort of by by chance and by accident that I ended up with the group. I came from consulting <clears throat> Excuse me. So I worked on business innovation across the company um, But when I transitioned, and this is where my advice comes in There is nothing that you cannot learn because I remember being frustrated and scared and having zero engineers speak and definitely knowing nothing about trains, but I would say that with pretty much a perpendicular learning curve, nothing cannot, there is nothing that cannot be learned.
0: Nice. Um, you guys must have seen the, the seating chart with Lauren Lang, ATDC. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, what uh, What roles have you played, and what advice would you give yourself?
7: All right, so in terms of roles that I've played, I have been the marketing, communications, protocol and event coordinating intern uh, before my current job at ATDC where I am the event and curriculum coordinator. So the advice that I would give my past self is to always work towards a goal. It's really awful feeling stuck, but if you set a goal, no matter how big or small, it feels really rewarding to at least know you're working towards something. The other thing I would say would be to take time to do things the right way. Time is something that you'll never get back. Don't leave yourself with the regret of, oh, I wish I had done something better. So take your time and do it the right way, whether it's a job or a class. Take your time, do it the right way, and then stress less. There will always be something to stress about. Figure out your method for accepting it and moving past it. Wonderful.
0: All right, over to Fan Ding with Emerson. Thank you for coming in. What roles have you played and what advice would you give your self? Yeah,
8: I have multiple non-tech role. Uh, the first one is a business analyst. That is to analyze the business and produce the technical requirements. Um, and then I moved to the people management that will use half HR skill. like you need to identify the future leader. So I learned the leadership architect. Um, and then I move myself to product management. <laughs> yeah. And my future goal is to move to marketing sales too. Yeah, Um, product management as Melissa just introduced is to um, manage the commercial aspect of the product and also you need to break the business requirements to technical one to deliver your product. Yeah, so the advice I would give to my younger self is to keep reading because I have like a, I spent 10 years without reading um, then I found how much I missed. Uh, read about your uh, job. Read about your job. Uh, read about self-development, like communication, time management. That is tremendous skills. You can you know, outperform your peers. Uh, at last, read about history and art, because you need that kind of input to activate your right brain to, be, to have more insights.
0: I will finish with uh, the OG here, Lance Weatherby. You've done a lot. Uh, what have you done over the years? Uh, you're most recently from, spent time with Call Rail, which is a, a rocket ship. You've been on other rocket ships before, and now you get got Weatherby Ventures. So what roles have you played over the years? Uh, and then what advice would you give your younger self? Rocket ship captain? Yeah, there you go. Now,
9: I, um, I grew up a sales guy. I went from being in sales to being in sales management. I moved from that into product management, um, over into business development where I was doing corporate-type deals, um, ended up running um, sales and marketing organizations, and then became a general manager where I managed large engineering teams as well, um, and kind of float between doing that type of stuff and, and sales and marketing things where it's revenue, revenue generating. Um, my advice to my, myself when I was, was young I should have paid attention to things, but um, a little bit, you know, more probably helpful, you know, I think that if you find you know, you need to figure out what it is that, that you really love to do. And it took me like twelve years to do that of my working career, but you know, once I did it was like boom, I just I really enjoy work. And the second thing would be just to do anything and everything with enthusiasm and passion um, because that comes through, it's contagious and people will want to work with
4: you.
0: So let's uh, move over to the burning questions that our uh, job seekers who are attending tonight uh, have submitted. Um, and uh, I think there's a, a lot of good meaty ones in here. I, I, I think this one's, uh, this one's a good one to start with. So this is uh, from uh, Brandon Kim. Uh, if you were feeling lost in your fourth, uh, third or fourth year of college, how did you find what you really wanted to do in your life?
6: So, I was a career changer. I did um, more marketing-related roles before, and then I went back to grad school to study sustainability, and I realized that towards the end of school, I had a lot of ideas, but I wasn't sure what and how to approach them. So, maybe this is a very methodical, nerdy approach, but I actually had a hit list of companies and or positions that I was interested in, and I en- ended up doing a ton of of informational interviews, so I figured out what I want and what I definitely do not want, and that helped narrow it down and also eventually land the job. So
1: um, mine's kind of a, I chose a degree because it was the most practical thing. Um, I ended up doing a CS degree uh, because I could finish it online. Um, And I was able to get a job in a company and then kind of transitioned into what more of what i wanted to do because i mean i liked doing develop i didn't hate doing development um but i really got interested in the business side so i would say even if you're in your third or fourth year you can probably still work with what you've already done if you feel like you can't make a pivot or you don't have time or the money to do it so
3: um i think that college is the worst time in your life to figure out what you want to do. Um, my undergrad was in network security, kind of computer science side of things. Um, I paid my way through school by directing and doing lighting design for TV. I had never saw that as a real job and got to the end of it and was like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life in a network closet somewhere. I'd rather do this. Um, but I think that some of the best advice that I ever got was um, you know, always just um, making sure that the job that you have is worthy of you and then putting every, like, don't worry about how much you work, right? Like, just find something that's worth it, and then put every all the chips in, and like the more you do. So, one fascinating thing is I've never had um, a job, but uh, <laughs> real job, but um, I've hired a lot of people, and at Friendly Human, we. Ten, I mean, our last few jobs, uh, we've gone through over 200 can- job candidates um, for each job. So we see a lot of people. And one thing that I get a lot of is like, oh, well, I love everything about video production. Or I love everything. And, like, what I'm looking for is, like, man, if I can't color grade footage, like, that is, like, I love it. I'm passionate about it. And it's that, like, find, like do enough until you find something that, yeah, I could do this for the rest of my life. And I think that's really helpful.
5: I think as much about finding a company that feels culturally like a good fit than necessarily focusing on a specific role. And I say that because if you get in a a company where you feel comfortable, you'll have that opportunity to migrate. Um, There's a a local company here, Scientific Atlanta, it's now part of Cisco, and I moved through engineering, um, product management, marketing, and business development, all within the same company. Um, within startups you get that chance to do a lot of different things. You might not change job title But you do a ton of different things um, In consulting you also have that opportunity to do different things with different customers. So getting that early exposure Is is really helpful. So think more about the company maybe than the exact role
8: um, My Suggestion is, don't expect you can find your true calling or true north at the graduation of your college, and even don't expect you'll find that during the first five years of your career. Just keep trying, and at any role, try your best, dedicate it, and then you will find if you try one thing really, really hard, you might love it, and then other opportunities might emerge. And just as Louise just said, find a good culture you can fit in and the opportunity will emerge. Because I myself didn't find my true north for the first 10 years, but eventually I get there.
0: And Lance, you said it took you 12 years. So you wanna share where, what was it that made that uh, happen? Where was the click and what advice would you, would you say in terms of if you're feeling lost now what, how do you find what you really wanted in life?
9: I'm not feeling lost, but so what, ha- what happened to me, and I, um, I was working for ExxonMobil, which is the biggest company in the world, and if you gotta work for a big company, they will train you in things that will carry well beyond working for a very large company. Um, but I wanted to get into the technology world, and um, I was having a tough time making that transition because people were saying, no, you don't have transferable skills. And I kind of felt differently, but anyway i went to I went to work for a startup company um, that provided internet services, and you know the reason why I went there was I figured out they had enough money in the bank to last a year, and after a year working there I'd be in the technology space and I could take things from there and that was like the unsuredness of the whole thing. well, we ended up going public about eight months after I joined the company and I was a a member of kind of like the management team, and it was just like all these things that had happened before me in my life kind of came together, and the skills that I actually learned in in school, I went to business school, um, it was like, okay, I can apply all these things. And it's like, I want to be in situations where things are really rapidly changing, and that I can apply what I've learned, um, not only, you know, formerly, but now from in practice, and I just like to do that over and over again, so. That's how I found it.
0: All right, well, staying on uh, this idea of what the skills and things that you want to build, what, what skills uh, transition well to the non-tech job role? So what, what skills should, be pe- people, should people be seeking out uh, in, in developing, to, whether it be through Udacity or uh, um, you know, Khan Academy, to jobs that, and projects, to your point, Louise, projects you can take on? Uh, what, what kind of skills would you advise people uh, to develop?
2: So I think it's a willingness to communicate and work with people, because um, whether uh, whether you work in tech or not, I think you end up working with people, you know, customer, or it could be your coworkers, um, and issues come up, you know, all the time, but if you're not willing to work with people and talk and communicate, um, you can have really, really difficult time, so I think that's, I think it's most important to me.
7: I think there's really two additional things that would be really helpful. Public speaking to tie into communication. You'd be amazed how many startups I've seen pitch that the founders still struggle with public speaking. So the sooner you can feel comfortable speaking to a large audience, the better. There will never be a time when it's a good thing that you can't talk in front of people, okay? Um, The second thing would be if you don't know how to do something, learn how to find the right person or the right tools or the right resources, a.k.a. can you Google it, okay, whether it's literally typing it in a search engine or asking people in your network for help. Figure out how to get the resources you need. That's a very important skill.
9: Yeah, I want to jump on what Sachio said because I think a skill that everyone needs to have and I think it's a little can be a little problemat- problematic these days is you need to actually learn how to talk on the phone um, and people aren't necessarily comfortable doing that so I interview a lot of people um, sometimes and I call them at the appointed time and they go hello and it's like well that's not a professional way to answer the phone and they've almost like blown the interview before before it started my daughter, who is actually interviewing for internships, called me up and said, Dad, what do I do when they they call me? And I was like, well, you pick up the phone and you say, hello, this is Kate. And it's just very simple kind of, you know, thank you, say goodbye, instead of just hanging up the phone without doing it. Um, It happens a lot. So I think communication is is really, really huge. And the the second part of that is you need to know when it's time to get up and walk away from your computer and the email and the instant messaging and have a conversation with someone um, so that you can get things done and it doesn't escalate into something that's not healthy.
4: Um, I can speak for the sales side of the table. so definitely communication collaboration skills read on emotional intelligence which is composed of self-awareness social skills um uh, self-regulations self-motivation and empathy and empathy is honestly the one that i think is key because with empathy you understand the pain points that people have and you can find ways to help them so emotional intelligence also there is this thing called growth mindset and it's the mindset of uh, always finding ways to figure out how to get yourself to conquer that challenge that is in front of you. So the best way to describe growth mindset is when you have something where you're not good enough, but it's okay if you're not good enough, but always add yet to it. I'm not good enough yet, but I can work my way to, to become that person. So a uh, growth mindset, emotional intelligence, communication, and collaboration.
3: I totally agree. Um, I'd say three things. Uh, one is always be learning, right? Um, uh, after grad school, my mom was afraid that I was going to put down books, and that was a very, very, very real reality. Um, and she gave me an Audible subscription and said, like, never stop learning. And um, so I started reading, uh, for the last 10 years, I've read uh, about 50 business books a year. And which brings me to my second one on the emotional intelligence one, is I just found one that out of all of those is probably my favorite and it's uh, Principles by Ray Dalio. And the last, like skip the first two thirds, it's great, still a great book. The last third of that is just a gold mine of, like you listen to five minutes and I have to like walk away and think about it, but it's this emotional intelligence and how to, um, you know, all these kind of ways of principles of operating and managing people and stuff. And then the third thing that I think is huge is um, being very good at managing a virtual workforce. Um, You know, if somebody came to me and they were 27 and they were running, you know 50 grand a year but they're putting you know seven eight ten grand of it back into a virtual assistant for themselves like i think that's one of the biggest hacks you can do is like doubling or tripling your uh, available output and then all of a sudden like you're more valuable as a person um and ideally the company would pay for that but um we use a ton of it at friendly human and um i've just been blown away i think there is a wave of uh workers from around the world that are skilled and ready uh, coming and being able to communicate clearly and across cultural barriers, time zones, all that as invaluable skill that transfers anywhere.
0: All right, so next question is, um, how does your job fit your dreams? How does your job fit your dreams? So that, that I'm going to break the question down for a little bit here. So you have to have had a dream of what you wanted, right? So maybe start there. What dream, What did you dream of when you were growing up that you were going to become? Um, And then it also presupposes that your work should be your dream. So uh, take it from there. What do you got, Fan?
8: Actually, during my first 10 years, I don't enjoy my work that much. But ever since I changed to um, people leader and product management, I start to, you know, I enjoy going to work, seeing my colleagues and getting things done. Uh, then I realized my dream actually is to own a product and see that product is profitable and uh, I can have my own team, maybe a future CEO is my uh, you know dream so and I know product management is a path to to that role so I think I'm on my dream jobs path yeah
6: I came to Siemens because that. Oh. I came to Siemens because that year, the company seemed to be doing well and was number one um, in terms of green leadership when it came to cities. And I've always been interested in um, in urban infrastructure. And when I first started, I, I was thinking Siemens is probably the company where you can feel, touch, leave something for posterity, and this is something that is gonna be a direct impact. I've since learned that digital services is the future. However, that being said, um, even with a a lot of things that we produce, because we play with electrons, we do everything within the buildings, we do healthcare equipment, but of course, transportation is the coolest thing. And since um, we have an opportunity to affect more than half of the US subway market, so light rail, and then also we're pretty heavy in the locomotive game, I know, even though though I can't quantify it for myself, I directly impact carbon emissions, and even if this is not something super tangible, I just know I have a little bit of an impact.
4: Um, I would say that in a rapid changing world, um, there, there are new jobs every year, right? So I think the most important thing is that you're productive, good, and you can tell a story with what you did at your previous job. Because if you always have a story to tell on how you were able to take what you were given and turning it into something better, then eventually you will naturally, mechanically work your way up through the ranks of any company and then build the connections that you need to then have your dream job or dream career. In my case, my dream is to build a tech company. Um, so right now I work for a tech company, I'm learning from them and I'm doing really well. So I'm already in talks to get to the next level. And now I'm here in front of you guys chatting, you know, I wasn't doing this a year ago. So naturally you will connect with people and slowly you will get to the right place gradually. Right. But just keep being productive and tell a story with what you're giving.
3: I think my advice would be don't. Um, I'm a big fan of Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, uh, his TED Talk, it's my favorite one. And he basically says, like, um, you know, for the worst advice he ever got was follow your passion. And he wishes it was follow what you're good at. Because I think when you're good at something, it'll become your passion, or you'll find something related to it that is. But yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, I like to break it down that um, if you think about Passion. Someone says, "Oh, I want to find a job where I can, you know, use my passion." So "You got to understand the root of the word passion comes from a Greek word for suffering. So, if if you really want to suffer, then find a job that lets you use your passion. And if you're fine with that, that's great. Because we need
3: we need that naive ambition that fuels the world with that that passion. Um, um, all right, I love my job. I get to go to work with my best friends every day. Um, I just turned 34, but uh, last year there was These moments in it where it was like, uh, especially towards the first half of the year, that it was like, I get why Jesus checked out at 33, you know? (laughs) 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 Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All right. So we started with a uh, lightning round. Let's finish with a
0: lightning round. Um, I just got back from Austin, Texas at the South by Southwest Conference. And wow, man, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up out of the world. Uh, Just every year I come back going, wow, there's some amazing stuff. So, um, Lance, you mentioned your your kids. um, And I've got a a soon-to-be 17-year-old. What job? This is the lightning round. We're going to do what job? That's a non-tech job. Would you say if you were going to put your uh, eggs in that basket for the next the next wave of people coming up? Take that job, the non-tech job in the tech industry, because artificial intelligence and robotics, guys, it's it's over. We're done. You know, this this species. We're going to have a lot more time for art. No, I'm <laughs> so I'm going to give you a second to to, to process it. Lightning round. Fi- What job would you advise somebody to look at? And you can have the same answer and then why? What job is it and why are you saying that's the job to think about? Anyone with a microphone? There we go. Louise.
5: Dead easy. Product manager might be called brand manager. It's a skill set. It doesn't matter which segment or industry is up and coming. It's about understanding how to put information together, how to build plans. That's the job. And by the way, it's full of suffering.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, There's a lot of options. I would say something around customer experience design, so product manager or something, but I think if you can gain that empathy for other people, then that'll always be in demand.
2: It's kind of similar, I guess. Um, product planning. Um, I'm hearing, overhearing my coworker talking about it in that uh, division, and it, I feel like it's so exciting because you know she's able to talk to so many like you know customers, new customers, or like putting together new plans, new ideas. It's very creative, and it's, it's it just sounds really fun. So that's what I would say to somebody.
1: Um. Hopefully, we'll have universal basic income and no one will need a job, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I kind of agree with the like product uh, management thing because even if we do have computers on AI that can develop everything, you're still gonna need someone to translate what is needed to them. Mm. So, ideally, we'll need that.
0: All right.
8: And um, Actually, I want to say product manager, but since they already <laughs> mentioned that, I would add anything that can uh, catch on, that can uh, activate people's you know, psychological response, probably the, the, the future job you can choose. That means if you can, for example, if you can produce a product introduction or a sales video, that could be virus then you will help your company to be successful. So something that you know just could catch on, yeah.
0: Yeah,
9: I think being a product manager is great. I also think it's a little bit challenging for somebody coming right out of school to get that type of job. And what we did at CallRail was we, we pulled people off of customer success Um, to become product managers because they had um, good customer interaction. They knew the details of the product enough that they could guide it in some way. I mean, it's not a bad-paying job for somebody just getting out of school.
6: So product manager is good. Um, That being said, you always need money. So business model design, I think, is the way to go because you're taking different things in consideration. So first of all, you're looking at customer pain points, you're designing the value that the customer is going to get, so what minimizes their pains and makes them the happiest. But then at the same time, you need to think about the partnerships, about the delivery, which is usually overlooked. How does money come? How does money leave you? And then you get a really good and really good introduction into the whole picture.
7: So to tie in with all of the product managers, project managers, et cetera, say, communications, you need to be an interpreter. You need to be able to take what your customers, what your clients, what your supervisors, what uh, your employees all say, and make sure that everybody's speaking the same language. So work on those communication skills, because you'll need to be interpreting from one person to the next, no matter what?
4: Um, I would say sales, for sure. The last thing that a machine will replace, or I don't think if it will ever be able to replace, it will be a salesperson. I don't think Coca-Cola will trust a $1 million deal to their computer to decide if they should sign a contract with us, for example. Um, you need a human, and the human-to-human human connect. You need a friendly human, and the human-to-human human connection. Uh, if you have that, you will have a job, honestly, for the rest of your life.
0: All right, that brings us to the end of the episode. So once again, a huge thank you to ATDC, Choose ATL, all of our mentors, every job seeker who is here tonight and listening uh, along, and then you, the audience. Thank you very much for that. Um, for those joining us online, check out this episode at TechSquareATL.com. Uh, you'll see when you, you see others uh, other things, uh, videos and great stories. Be sure to subscribe to the tech Square ATL podcast channel on iTunes and SoundCloud. I was at the SoundCloud party last night. That was pretty dope. Um, and if you want to learn more about the heart of Atlantis tech scene, check out TechSquareATL.com. So until you see the silhouette of a chair in the sky, this has been The Hot Seat.